0: This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, Episode 174, How to Maintain a Personal Practice. Are you a yoga teacher or a student practicing from home by yourself, wishing it was easier to keep up with your personal practice? If you want to grow your awareness of the challenges you face, find solutions that you can apply today so you can build consistency with more ease, today's episode is for you. For today's episode, I sat down with Kalyani Hausvirt-Jane. Kalyani has been teaching yoga since 2007 and training yoga teachers since 2011 at the Ahanta Yoga Ashram in India and in the Netherlands. Next to training yoga teachers, Kalyani regularly writes blogs for yoga teachers and has co-authored the critically acclaimed book, Hatha Yoga for Teacher and Practitioner. It's after reading some of her work that I wanted us to sit down and talk about how to maintain a personal practice. If this episode helps you in any way, share it to help someone else on their yoga journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find this episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. As you listen to the episode, take a screenshot and tag at On and Off Your Mat Podcast. I really love to read your takeaways on episode, and I love to see people interact with them as well. All right, let's get to today's episode with Kalyani. Hi, Kalyani. Hi, Erika. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So for listeners that don't know you yet, can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your your yoga journey?
1: So I'm originally from Switzerland, and I emigrated to the Netherlands to become a dancer when I was 19. And in the Netherlands, I first got in touch with yoga, hatha yoga, classical hatha yoga, during my dance education. And yeah, that really gave me a sense of connection my body to myself that I've not experienced prior mm-hmm. in my life and I think something that I was always looking for when I was dancing and I found it in yoga so yeah soon after actually quite early on I started to teach regular classes and already at a quite early age as well I started to also teach classes in TTCs in teacher trainings so yeah I've been teaching since I'm 21 and I'm 36 now so yeah for 15 years. Wow. And as a TT, as a teacher
0: trainer, there's one thing we talked about a little bit offline and is the challenge that some students and newer teacher particularly have to stay with their practice when they're not in the studio, when they're not being, you know, accompanied through it. So as a TT, how do you advise new teachers to stay with the practice? Is there... Any particular tip you have if they're struggling with it? What's your like
1: first thing you would say to them? Well, first of all, I would say everyone struggles with it. So if you struggle, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> don't feel bad about it. It's very natural. And the second thing I would say is don't forget why you fell in love with yoga, what it gave you as you become a teacher or as you start to take your practice more seriously, let's call it, it shouldn't become something we would call a commitment, but it should be something that enriches you. And I think for that to happen, we need to go away from our understanding of what yoga is. Mm. Um, It's quite limited. So, okay, you have become a yoga asana teacher and maybe first got in touch with yoga through yoga asanas, yoga posture practice. But there is more to yoga than just that. So I myself have become all much broader in the way that I practice, much more listening to what I need at that moment, what gives me energy or what calms me down in times of stress or you know high workload. And it's very normal to struggle with keeping consistency. And I think the hardest is when you make it as something that you have to do rather mm, than mm-hmm. something you want to do. And sometimes having to do would be good as well. But then you need to have a clear goal. Um, so, for example, what I've found to be really useful is to have like certain appointments with either myself or with a fellow teacher who practice a certain number of times a week. Or it can be that you practice because you have to prepare for your classes. So generally, I always advise that you know if you are teaching postures that you don't teach us regularly or flows that you don't teach us regularly, that you put them into your body before you teach. Because then your instructions are much more natural. Yeah, they just flow. So you can give yourself this kind of task, in a sense, to prepare for your classes. As so it's a must do or a have to, but with a purpose towards your profession. So that's the one side of it. That would be maybe the commitment or a have tos that can help you to stay regular, and also will make you a better informed teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, side, I think is the self care. The you know what brought you to yoga what made you want to be a yoga teacher and that can be you know sometimes in the morning I have half an hour or set aside for practice and I end up doing half of the time just child's pose <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and that's just exactly what I need at that time or sometimes have set out the time in the, my day to to practice but I actually just want to go out and walk in the sun so I do that rather than say oh, I have to do my sun salutations now yeah so I would say, if you want to keep structure, which is always good, you know, tie it to a, a commitment, and then view it as a commitment. View it as something you plan into your workday, but on the other hand, side also keep space for yourself to do what feels right, what serves mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love that idea of remembering, like the self-care side of it, as a reason why to practice, and then as a way to stay on top of it as a teacher and just be a better teacher. And that is part of your preparation as a teacher. So having a goal, like you mentioned. So if we are looking at those two things, we're like, okay, I do need some self-care as the teacher, even if it's a restorative class, because I'm tired in my body or because I'm stressed with all that comes with being a yoga teacher. What are some common challenges then, then teachers and students that, practice on their own time at their house, what do they face when they're trying to maintain their personal practice at home?
1: I think one of the things that can be challenging is not having a big enough vocabulary or like a big enough toolbox to serve everything that you need. So that can be challenged challenge. And then people might resolve to taking some online classes or something, but then it's always difficult also to find a level that suits you, a teacher that suits you. I've seen a lot of times people come to our TTCs, to our teacher trainings, And afterwards, they write us and they're like, yeah, now I've done teacher training and I understand so much about practice. I understand so much about my body. I've had classes from you guys. So now I don't like any teacher anymore. (laughs) We get pickier uh, for sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We get pickier. So that's a challenge. So that's why for mostly for teachers, actually, self-practice is one of the things that works best. You need to have like a good kind of system or a good toolbox because most people, most of us, we don't thrive on doing exactly the same thing every day. We need some mm-hmm. variety. So how do you create that variety? So that's something we teach. We teach uh, how to sequence your classes as a teacher. And obviously, you can also apply that to your own practice. So that would be one of the things I think that's challenging many people is to understand how to actually, yes, sequence in a way that it feels, even if it's just a 30 minutes practice, it feels like holistic
0: Mm -hmm. So not just,
1: you know, just consultations and that's it, but maybe, you know, how to include some asanas and in which way. So making sure you're touching a bit more aspects of the
0: practice in general as a way that might feel more nurturing and more complete, and it might make it easier for you to come back to the math.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So then as a teacher, if we're struggling to show up on the mat for ourselves, and we do have goals and we do need self-care, as we grow our toolbox, maybe we continue to study with other teachers to like continue to have more ideas and things we could do for ourselves. And then we create more variety, and that might make it easier. But I think a lot of the challenges I hear are about time. It's either like, I don't have time, or you know, technically, we always have time. It's like, we are unable to make it a priority in our schedule. So how can people shift that mindset of, I don't have time, and make it a priority if they want and need their practice?
1: I think one of the things that actually help you make time, unfortunately, is once you really have to make time, because Mm -hmm. you're starting to really get out of sync with yourself at one point, if you're not able to, to stay consistent in taking care of yourself And that's what a lot of times brings people back to the mat or brings a new aspect of the practice to them. And I think the most important here is to tune into that earlier and to be more connected with our bodies overall. So actually, we do feel when we need to have a little reset, when we need to either move or we need to relax and breathe. We actually feel that in our bodies. And unfortunately, we are not so used to listen to that anymore unless, Mm. you know, the whole everything is laid out on a silver platter for us. Like when we walk into yoga studio, there's nice music, there is a nice smell, there's beautiful atmosphere. And then we feel like, okay, now I can listen, you know, to my body. Now I can go inward. But I think as yoga teachers, it's very important for us to go inwards during the day, whenever we start to feel sort of a dissonance in our body or in our thoughts and I think that will prompt us too much earlier to keep up that routine again rather than wait until we really feel like okay now I need to reset it and also I think very important is to not be yeah too harsh with ourselves and say mm-hmm. oh you know I didn't do it I failed I'm I'm not a good practitioner I'm not a good teacher that's really not useful in any regard actually yeah of course, it's important to maintain your practice. It's great. I would say it like this I wish for every yoga teacher that they can actually maintain their practice just for themselves. It's not like judgment because I've seen teachers that are amazing and then, for effect, are not actually practicing much anymore. And I've seen that in various disciplines because of injury or other reasons, but they can still be amazing teachers because teaching is about the student. So, of course, you can be informed more maybe about the practice if you experience it in your own body. But at the same time, that's also a great limitation because your own body is your own body. It's not your student's body. And if you start to mistake your own body as a reference tool for everyone around you, then either you're going to expect too much of people or way too little. And or you might injure people. Yeah. Yes, Yes, you might injure people, indeed. And you might just have these wrong expectations. that oh, this is easy for me, so that should be easy for them too. Or I can't do this, so I rather don't teach it or I'm not allowed to teach it. So we all have our limitations on our strengths. And if we take ourselves as the only, the most important reference point, we actually are doing a disservice to our students. So that's why I'm saying for a teacher to practice, I wish it for them. Mm -hmm. But I wish it for them as a tool rather than something that informs everything about their teaching, because that would be very limited.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. And it removes a little bit of the pressure, I feel. And it's not only on the to-do list of what it means to be a good yoga teacher. Like I've had periods in my life where I only did restorative as my own practice. And I've had periods in my life where I didn't practice for a little bit. And I've had others where I practiced every day and sometimes twice a day. It really depends on like what's going on in your own life and what kind of support you need at that moment. But I love the reminder of listening in. And this is where it all starts listening into what you need, what your body needs and offering that practice to yourself. And also in the beginning, you mentioned remembering why you came to yoga as a student and what benefits you experienced in this practice when you started. And sometimes remembering why we're here helps us kind of step back on the mat if we've stepped away for a while.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's what I mean. The practice is for ourselves, you know, one of the most probably talented and well-known practitioners, David Swenson, he gave a course at our ashram a few years ago, and he said it so nicely. He said, we are not asana machines. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not doing the practice because you want to just crank out as many asanas as you possibly can. It is really for you to become a better person for yourself, and then for the people around you, that's the purpose of the practice. Obviously, there's another dimensions to it. For example, in hatha yoga, effects on the internal body, is the overall health improvement, etc. That's next to the whole emotional side of it. Yeah, basically, the practice is for us, actually, not for Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for sure. I
0: love yeah. that idea of like your own personal development and becoming a better person. So, how can we focus our personal practice if we're alone in our house? And to use it as a tool for personal growth or personal discovery, and what are some signs that we're moving in that direction as we practice by ourselves?
1: The most important tool is basically what I mentioned just earlier, like tuning in. Mm-hmm. So, like, should be like something that we do daily, really several times a day. Whatever we notice, like maybe we're having a tough conversation, or we're getting an email, or the class didn't so smoothly. it just like not just push that away and get busy with something else, but to try to connect with that feeling and feel how that affects the way that we feel in our body, where do we feel tension and yeah, just note that. And like that, we start to become more in touch with our own bodies. And the next time we step onto the mat, yeah, to do that again, actually just like, how do I feel? What would I like to do? I have this half an hour for myself right now. So what's it going to be? And then, yeah, sometimes that can be a little vigorous practice or it can be a longer practice. Sometimes it can be just, yeah, having a couple and reflecting on the day. And sometimes it can be some restorative posture, some breathing or a walk. say so, you no, know, let's leave the mat rolled up and I'll just go and have a walk in the mm-hmm. sun. So, yeah, and I think that's exactly when you see that you start to be much more flexible in your definition of how your practice should look. And when you start to not push your body beyond its limits.
0: Yeah. It's like you become softer and more gentle with yourself and that in the habit of listening to what you need, then you can give yourself what you need without the judgment that's attached to what your practice is supposed to look like, how long it's supposed to last and all the shoulds and the, I need to do this to be X, Y, Z, like as you identify with those actions. So I think that's a really good reminder of just listen, give yourself what you need. And then as you become more gentle, you know that you're growing into a more fuller version of yourself, let's say.
1: Yeah. And on the other hand side, you always have maybe the need to prepare for a class or maybe you set yourself a goal like, okay, I'm going to be teaching this posture. So rather like, you know, I need to make sure I practice it a few times before you know, like you can still have that going on like that. I would mm-hmm. say that's your trade craft, you know, like honing your trade craft. If you need to prepare for classes, etc., doesn't mean that you need to show up and be able to be like perfect demo for everything that you're going to teach. But, you know, maybe just to get into the body to make sure you get the transitions, the way to instruct it. Yeah. We also always teach our teachers to teach off their mat. Yeah. So when you are teaching, you're actually not on your mat. That's not Mm -hmm. your practice time. Yeah. And then, in fact, you have to be even more connected to your body to be able to instruct while you're not doing it yourself.
0: Yeah. Without being like a parrot, just repeating things that you've learned about different positions and Mm -hmm. like actually watching what's going on and coming back to your knowledge of your experience and what your students are experiencing over time to then adjust how you're queuing
1: what you're seeing. Yeah, queuing, but also walk around, give adjustments if needed, give some assist if if needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Earlier in the conversation, you talked about keeping things fresh as a way to keep our interest and as a way to continue to step on the mat in a regular base. What are some strategies that you have where you would give a student so they keep things fresh like what would that look like what could they do like is it about trying different types of yoga trying different teachers or different lineage or incorporating new things as like a different meditation practice or breath practice or is it about creating that variety or is there something
1: else or more Yeah. to be honest myself I teach various yoga styles etc I teach various meditation breath work etc But my go-to vocabulary is actually not so broad in terms of I usually pick the same similar practices with small variations. Like Hatha is my go-to practice. I love Vinyasa. I teach Vinyasa, but I usually practice Hatha. So I think it's not necessarily freshness doesn't come by the variety, but more by, by being in the moment and seeing, okay, what do I need right now? So I don't think it's necessary to, yeah, to have a huge variety that you, at any time, you know, you keep shifting because the one thing as well is that we only progress in whichever way we want to progress that can be physically, or that can be focus mentally, or that could be connecting more emotionally with ourselves. All of progression comes through repetition. So repetition is very important in learning and growing. So I think the freshness would be rather on having maybe not such a huge vocabulary, but a few things, a few practices, you know, sequences that you like. But being fresh in terms of how you approach the mat, what you do at that time. You know, someday you might say, okay, you know, I'm going to just stand in headstand. I love it. Three minutes, you know, another day you might just want to really move through the Surya as fast as possible, get the sweat flowing. It's the same practice. The same parts are there, but the way that you practice it really depends on what you need, what your body needs that day. Does it need to move and sweat or do you need to just breathe and be steady and listen within?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The interesting part here is creating that repetition, like to keep things fresh some people will be motivated by the change in the sense of like I'm doing something slightly different, so i 'm not becoming on autopilot right because I 'm repeating the exact same thing all the time, the exact same way for some people it's really easy to kind of just lose the focus and the attention where if I'm making just small little adjusts or changes in what i 'm focusing on and what i 'm observing and you know little things that will already keep it fresh like you can do Warrior two a hundred times and have just a different focus and do it with a different idea or a different goal, you're going to have a different experience in your body, right? So there's this aspect that you can still use repetition and find ways to not be on autopilot where it gets less interesting in a way because you're disconnected. So not only are you continuing to listen in, to tune in, but if you're creating that repetition, you can make just enough
1: change that you need your attention
0: to be focused. Do you agree, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I agree, and I think it's not even if we are connected within and we are in the present moment, we are in our bodies, it's not even something that you have to add on. Mm-hmm. Because by being present in your body, you will experience a warrior too differently today than you did yesterday, yeah, because your body is different, you're coming
0: to the yeah. mat feeling different, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So it's like, and that's the thing. And if you are fresh with yourself, if you're fresh, fresh means like you're in the moment, you are noticing what's going on, how you feel, you know, you're here. That's Mm -hmm. actually the freshness, like being here. Then whatever you do, it's the same thing you did yesterday. It's going to be different. You're going to experience it differently. You might change it because you're feeling different, but you're also, if you're just going to do it exactly the same way, you're still going (laughs) to experience it differently. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's all about presence presence. yeah it's about presence and it's about basically showing up for yourself and being present for yourself because as soon as you make it something you must do and you force it onto yourself even you can tell yourself i'm going to focus today on really getting my thighs parallel to the ground in warrior two which i didn't manage yesterday it's not going to be the same experience as if you were present and would tune into your body and feel like "Hmm. warrior two maybe it's not really what I want to do today
0: because Mm -hmm. my quads
1: are sore from yesterday so maybe I'd rather do something else Mm -hmm. so it's really about this mindset of making it something that you give to yourself every day and uh, yeah what's the gift the gift is something we can appreciate we enjoy gift is not something that we force on ourselves
0: (laughs) yeah something that supports you enriches you and is a show of care for your own body mind spirit all the things Mm -hmm. do you think it's important to have like a dedicated space in your house do you think that makes it easier to step on the mat every day if the mat is already rolled out or if we have like something where we know like this is where i practice
1: no i don't think so Mm. i don't have a dedicated space i usually practice in the same space but my mat is not rolled out I don't think so. I think it's an illusion that we can trick ourselves into continuity <laughs> by just setting props. I think it's just as easy to walk by your mat every single day and not, and not see it. Look at it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. no, I don't think so. It's just, I think, important that you can be distraction free as much as possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, being quiet in your environment. Yeah. I'm not being interrupted. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So are there any big advantages to practicing by yourself that people might need to remember to add on to the motivation and the desire to show up other than what we've already talked about in the sense of like that self-care and being present with yourself? Why is it important to have a practice other than just showing up and teaching? Or why is it important for that practice to be consistent
1: or regular? What if I just
0: want to go to a studio once a month and I'm happy with that? So
1: what I'm going to say might be a bit sound like a little strange, but I don't <laughs> think necessarily, at all times in our lives as yoga teachers, the majority of our practice must evolve around physical yoga asana practice. Mm-hmm. I think it's not an absolute necessity. As I said before, if you have really a steady background in teaching, and uh, you have practiced a lot. When for some reason, in a certain period in your life, you are enjoying other kinds of movement and introspection. So I would say the yang and the yin. If you experience that and can enjoy that in other forms in your life, then I think that's also just good enough as it's long valuable. as you enjoy that. It's valuable because I think most important for us as humans, we need to move. Movement is life. It's very important for us to be moved, physically be active, to stress our tissues, et cetera. So that's the yang side of it. And then the yin side of it is to have this you know, calmness, introspection, et cetera, which can be walks in the nature with your dog, which can be simple breathing exercises, which can be sun gazing or whatever. But it's important to have those two qualities, I think, in life. And if they happen to take the shape of yoga, I find hatha yoga an incredibly complete practice Mm -hmm. where I experience in one practice, yang and yin. That's why it's my favorite practice. But I've also had periods in life where I would do other disciplines. In fact, still now, I have a very gentle personal practice at the moment. It's not uh, nearly as regular in terms of postural practice or as intensive as it used to be. But I do other things. I dance, I do martial arts, I climb. Yeah, for me, this is really where I am now enjoying myself and developing my physicality as well. So I think, you know, it's just really important that you know your tradecraft. That's the first thing. So I'm not saying someone who's a new yoga teacher don't practice yoga. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm teaching for 15 years now, and I'm still practicing from my self-care. And when I need to practice for my trade craft, I practice. That's my profession. If I have to prepare for a certain class, a certain training, you know, I need to get back into my vinyasa flows. You know, I do more vinyasa before I do these classes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my trade craft. But for my own self-care, I've seen that I also really enjoy other kinds of movement. And it actually helps me come back to my practice again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can than... re-inspire you. Right. Yeah. 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 So the most, coming back to your question, like what is the added benefit of practicing? I think, yeah, obviously your tradecraft, that's very important, but aside of that, it's really what gets you moving and what helps you to be calm and centered and find those activities and and do them. And of course, also do yoga, do what you really look forward to do and, you know, you want to do.
0: Yeah. So I feel like it's about getting out of the all or nothing
1: mentality.
0: You know, if you're focusing on, like self-compassion for yourself and self-care and moving and joy, then it might be yoga. It might look like something that's slightly different. It might be completely different for a while. But if you're staying in with that thread, you're doing a practice for yourself, even though it doesn't look like an asana practice necessarily. Maybe it's a walk in nature every day and that's what is your personal practice at the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because it has to serve you. That's it. It has to serve you. Your practice has to serve you. Aside from what you need to prepare for your tradecraft, practice has to serve you. If it doesn't serve you anymore, or there's something that serves you better, then we have to be open for that. And it's not this all or nothing mentality. I think it's very dangerous because it actually creates a lot of stress Mm -hmm. um, for yoga teachers as well. And people can feel very underconfident if they're not able to you know, keep up with it, which is going to impact the way they teach. But the way they feel about themselves which will make them even less likely to show up on the mat because they're already feeling negative yeah we end it. up with more nothing than all <laughs> yes Most of the time yes yeah. yeah so yeah a lot of times students ask me you know how much do i practice and you know we have written that book i mean a lot of these asana pictures etc and people they they think like you know she must be practicing like all the time you know but There was a period where I did practice every day for a few years, really like clockwork. And that was really what I wanted and needed at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was really informed by my desire to practice and also by my desire to hone my tradecraft. So that worked really well for me in terms of, you know, picking off the postures, etc. But did it really bring me closer to myself or did I really feel like I really developed myself in terms of self-growth? I wouldn't say I did because I mastered these asanas. Mm
0: -hmm. That came
1: later when I realized that there is more to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's always more in yoga. There's always more. (laughs) You want to look at something different and approach it a different way and look for a new version of you and a new version of you in the world. There's always more. It's like never finished. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the experience starts no matter which shape you're in you know, how you're performing the postures. That's all, if it's picture worthy or not, if it's, you know, right the line or not, that all doesn't contribute to that journey. It's really an inner journey. Yeah. So once I got that done, I got it all ticked off. And then I was, so now what? Mm. And then actually for me, the journey started of going more inward when I was practicing because I did it all, I ticked it all off. I have, I have a book to show it. Yeah. There's always but, a question and now what? Yeah. And that's why I'm saying now my practice is simple. You know, I have certain asanas that I enjoy. I have a sequence and we have a system in which we approach the way that we sequence. So it really feels like kind of a holistic and well-rounded way to practice. And that's it. All the fancy arm balances and stuff and trying to get my leg behind my head. It's doesn't fascinate me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a
0: nice permission, like as a reminder for people listening. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one takeaway, other than that permission, maybe that's what it is, that you like listeners to leave with, what would that be?
1: I think the, the one takeaway would be that your body is really a treasure trove that can help you discover much more about yourself and about your emotions about your wounds about the way that you are with yourself and with the world around you and coincidentally we often experience that in a yoga class because the setting is there for us and the teacher is guiding us and that's part of the appeal and i recommend everyone to you know go to these classes and get more in tune with your body but also if you're not able to do that regularly Or if you're going to class but you just look at it as physical practice only, just to like stay in shape, get in shape, this foundation of connecting to, you know, when you're in a pose, or even you're just sitting and you just tune into okay, how am I breathing right now? And how does my chest feel? And how does my belly feel? Is it relaxed? And oh no, it's tense. And why? Why is it tense? What what's happening? Um, you know, that's just such a valuable tool that I've started to discover for myself and that I like to give as a takeaway as well that if you can start to tune into more into this then really personal growth or you know coming growing closer to yourself can happen and that's in the end actually what yoga is all about yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I'll put all your info in the show notes but in the meantime where's the best place for people to
1: find you if they
0: want to work with you in some capacity or they want to know more about you?
1: They can find me on Instagram, Kalyani your Chan. So, with the long name, we'll put the link uh, for them. Yeah, I don't have a personal website, but I'm one of the senior teachers and owners of uh, the Arhanta Yoga uh, Ashrams and Online Academy. So, if you go to arhantayoga.org, you can find out more about all of us and about me as well. And yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank
0: you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave your review to say thank you, I will give you access to our premium podcast membership for free for a full month. Send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. Find the show notes for this episode at ericabelonger.com 174. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.